0: The 100 starts today and it's time for our final predictions and preview of the men's competition. Catch it here. Welcome to The 100 Club, my name is Tom and I'm joined again by Rich and we're going to do our final last minute predictions uh, for what's going to happen in this year's men's edition of the competition. Uh, If you're new here, welcome, it's great to see you. Uh, If you like what we do, then you can follow us on all kinds of social media, details just there. uh, And uh, we clearly appreciate a subscribe and a like as per any other YouTube channel that you enjoy out there. Rich, how you doing?
1: I'm very well, Tom, very much looking forward to the return of The 100 tonight. I can
0: see you've already got your London Spirit shirt on.
1: <laughs> I have, in anticipation of their game, of course, tomorrow against the, yeah. uh, the Invincibles at Lords. But gonna, uh, more of gonna... that in a minute.
0: I <laughs> Quite right. I, I was going to say, I hope that stays fresh for the next thirty-six hours or so. I'll but, do my best. <laughs> before that, we have the fireworks and the Ritz, uh, the Ritzy glamour, I suppose, of the opening game, which will be tonight, of course, which is. Uh, the Southern Brave hosting the Welsh Fire, that's at a 1900 UK time, so about, uh, what's that, midnight in India, if you're watching over there, or about midday, if you're over in the Caribbean or something like that, I suppose. And clearly, Southern Brave are the defending men's champions. So that leads me to the first question, I think, quite neatly. Who is going to win the 100 for the men in 2022?
1: Well, I think it'll be quite a different tournament in 2022. Compared to 21, um, I see the availability of players as being a key issue. And I think the challenge for the Brave to repeat is the fact that their success last year was really built on a very strong bowling lineup. Yeah. And that bowling lineup was struggled for both form and fitness this time around, like likes yeah. of George Garton, Tim R. Mills. So I think that means that they're going to be at a slight disadvantage this time around. So I don't see them making the eliminator. Um, I think it's going to come down to the uh, the originals, the Phoenix, and the Invincibles making the postseason. Okay. okay. And I'm going to put my neck out and say the Invincibles go on and win it. How about you, Tom?
0: nice well i I'd, I'd had a similar logic process to you and i assure the viewers that and the listeners that we uh, we don't collaborate on these things and we do get fresh <laughs> here but uh, i similarly thought that this brave might struggle a bit for the very reasons that you gave there but i went with the originals overall i think i think they've got some star power in their recruiting from joss butler from hasaranga from andre russell uh, they've got a spin heavy attack it's been a very dry summer over here in the uk uh, and uh, I think that they could string something together. They could absolutely make the finals. But I like your picks. I also want to keep an eye out for the London Spirit, who I think have done some canny recruitment this year. Um, Glenn Maxwell, if he goes off, then who knows, right?
1: Well, I still, exactly. I still have the Spirit coming in at eighth. Um, Okay. Maxwell, well, You've you've beaten my
0: next question there, which is which team's going to come last? Okay, so go. Well, let,
1: let me build up to it. We'll go through the teams one by one, and you can talk about, you know, how you disagree. The spirit I still have coming in at 8th. Yes, the batting is better. Maxwell will only be available for five of the games. When we did the squad previews, I did Ben McDermott a huge disservice. Of course, he'll be opening batting for the team. You know, the player of the tournament, the last big bash. But the bowling still looks too weak to me to really compete. Um, so I have them in 8th. How about you?
0: Okay, so for my 8th place team, uh, we seem to be bashing our own slightly here because I'm going back <laughs> to the Welsh fire my own. Uh, and it's slightly because I'm annoyed with them. Uh, not with the franchise so much, but I'm annoyed with Johnny Bairstow slightly. Uh, and I know that sounds really harsh. Uh, he plays a lot of cricket. He wants to rest. Uh, it was announced yesterday that he's not going to play in the 100 this year. But uh, it does annoy me slightly. He, you know, people will have bought their tickets on the basis of seeing a, a player like Johnny Bairstow and the tournament and the, the organisers and the ECB ultimately need to sort it out, frankly, and work out how to have a sustainable level of cricket for someone to be uh, too worn out, frankly, to be able to manage two or three games in their home country uh, in a very short format seems seems uh, uh, disingenuous to me. Uh, so slightly as a penal answer, I'm giving the Welsh fire, but I also do, just think they look a little inexperienced uh, throughout the lineup.
1: So on the Bairstow issue, I mean, it's not just Johnny Bairstow, so Ben Stokes yeah. won't feature in the 100 either. It's a question to be asked. If this is going to be a premier white ball tournament, that is essentially a condensed form of English cricket that therefore helps us pick our international side. Hmm. We can't have players skipping the tournament and then expecting to be in the England T20 squad down the line. Of course, you can make some exceptions now, but ultimately this has to be the league in which that team is ultimately selected from. We have a World Cup coming end of the year. You hope that players who do well in this tournament put their hand up and say, I want to be part of the squad, I want to be on the plane to... I think it's Australia and New Zealand the, the, the tournament. Yeah, so the question is, so the question is, if somebody you know, does have a particularly good tournament, and when it comes to selection, they decide not to include, you know, Bear Sto- I'm not, I'm not saying they would. I mean, they probably will still include him, but I don't think he could have much to uh, to complain about by skipping the tournament. Ultimately, if this is to thrive in the long term, it has to have the best English white ball players playing in it. Otherwise, um, it's, it's just not going to get that premier status. Imagine the IPL without Virat Kohli.
0: Well, quite. And this is a competitive business between these leagues. Now we've got the, the, the CPL, we've got the Big Bash. We know the South African uh, League is coming, which is going to be uh, underpinned by the IPL franchise ownership. Um, so if they don't get it right, then ultimately the, the tournament will wither and we'll be back where we were with a you know uh, underdeveloped domestic structure. Right, rant over, Rich. Are you happy with that? Let's go. Uh, yeah, <laughs> okay. let's go. So I'm going to ask you next, which is your batter of the tournament in the men's side?
1: So I mentioned him just there and it's going to be Ben McDermott. Okay. Um, and I, pick, I I pose this more a little bit as, in terms of a preview video, I could pick out the big names. You know, I noticed there's an article in the BBC saying, look out for Joss Butler. If you're watching oh, this yeah. video, you don't need to be told to look out for Joss Butler. You already know how good he is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't follow the big bash as close as I should have done this year, and I missed a little bit about McDermott. And he was absolutely fantastic, all the more considering that he had to have surgery on his right testicle just before the tournament started, <laughs> having been hit in the uh, aforementioned. Yeah. Um, 577 runs, he was voted player of the tournament, then comes over, has a very, very good summer with Hampshire, 340 yeah. runs in the blast. over the, um, And I think that if anyone's going to propel the spirit to a better finish this time around, could be Ben McDermott. So he's my batter to watch. Not necessarily he's going to be the batter of the tournament, but a guy you might not necessarily have closely followed if you're uh, only sort of a casual fan of the big bash as I am. Uh, he could be great this time around.
0: Yeah, I think that's a, a fair shout, and uh, you know we've been critical enough on this uh, on our previews of some of the, the mercenary Australians coming over, but he's absolutely done the business for the last twelve months. So yep, could pull it out. For me, I want to keep an eye out for Harry Brook as the batter. Um, not a hugely surprising name, perhaps for a lot of players a lot of followers of the game. He's been around a couple of years now doing big things. But I think he could go... He's got another level in him that we haven't quite seen yet. He's got plenty to fight for with the England World Cup team, as we've talked about. Um, And in the midst of... um, an interesting Northern Superchargers team featuring play, players like Fafnick Plessis. I think he could really benefit from the the sort of experience that around him and take him on to that next level. And clearly he's got all the talent in the world, all the power in the world. So it could be a great year for uh, Harry Brook. Looking forward to it. OK, let's flip flip to the other end of the uh, the pitch, as it were, and uh, give us a, a top bowler for to keep an eye on for 2022.
1: So a guy I'm really looking forward to watching is Mohammed Hasne, the Oval Invincibles. Mm. Uh, incredibly fast bowler, he was reported for having a, uh, a suspect action. He's been remodelling his action. He was cleared in June. He is good to go again. And you know he was being interviewed the other day, and he thinks he's going to even be even quicker with this new action. Yeah, it says it hasn't hurt him at all. So <laughs> if that's even halfway true, I think what was he doing? He's cheating. <laughs> got watch, you? <laughs> that could be he could be very exciting to watch i always i always think that uh you know raw pace is such an asset in in short form format cricket so uh and i think he could be a real uh a wild card for the uh the invincibles this time around and partly one of the reasons why i've got them uh winning the
0: tournament okay uh I'm going to go to a different, very different kind of bowler, indeed, and I, uh, but I'm going for youth as well. I'm going to have a, a keep a, a very close eye out for Red Ahmed down at the Southern Brave. Um, he's, what is he? Nineteen? Oh, 17 even even younger than that. Yeah. Um, and they've picked him up, uh, and I just want to see whether that setup can do what they did to Jake Lintott last year. And clearly, he's playing against the Southern Brave. But as a spinner, he's picked up something like nineteen wickets this year in the Blast. He's very uh, interesting wily youngster who if he has a you know some good conditions I say it might be the year of spin given what kind of summer we've had here um it could it could be a really good one to watch and frankly for years to come so if he if he has a great tournament I'll be really interested and see how he he goes on you know perhaps to other franchises and perhaps in in England call up in the in due course so really going to keep an eye out for him any any thoughts on Ron Ahmed from yourself
1: no I like what you said there uh this is the platform for youngest players to make their mark. And if he has a good tournament, then you know, it could really sort of be a springboard for his career.
0: Okay, so slightly leading me into the final question, I think, for today, which is, who's, who's the player who's going to surprise us most? Uh, or the player that you're really wanting to keep an eye on, just in case?
1: A player that we want to keep an eye on, just in case. I think somebody like uh, Tabre Shamsi, uh, the Trent mm. Rockets. He's going to be an important element to this because he is filling in for Rashid Khan, who I think is going to miss the bulk of the tournament on Afghanistan duty. And Rashid Khan is obviously a huge part of that Trent Rockets side, uh, leg like spinning all rounder So Shamsi will have, have his hands full trying to uh, feed that in. So I think that uh, if he fires, then the Rockets look a decent team on paper and can compete again. If he's subpar or then I think the Rockets will really struggle. So I think he's a key linchpin in terms of uh, underrated players. How about you?
0: Cool. For me, I'm going to keep an eye out for Dan Mousley at the Birmingham Phoenix. Again, picked up in the wildcard process. Again, another youngster. But I'm just intrigued by not seeing enough of him this season, but then catching up a bit late, as it were. A strike rate um that's well over 150 i think it was an average of over 55 in the blast tells me that there's something with this kid i want to see him get out on the pitch and uh, keep an eye out and if he goes off again like i said we ran Armour did does what jake Lintott did last year maybe if um if dan masley does what chris benjamin did last year it could be again a really interesting prospect in
1: in terms of youngsters henry brooks is another interesting one at the phoenix he was drafted last year but missed out due to injury um has sort of a mixed season in the Blast, but uh, you know a lot of people who've seen him say he's got a lot of raw talent, so he could be an interesting one to watch too from a youngsters' perspective.
0: Yeah, and with with Tom Abel confirmed as out of the tournament for a hamstring injury, I mentioned it in the, in, the, in, the, in the, one of our previews. I think um, there's some space in that middle order. I think for someone to come in and impress. So,
1: Rich. So- Go on. So, I mean, we touched on most of the teams there. We have the Brave and the Fire starting tomorrow night. uh, Tonight, Mm. I should say. Tomorrow night, we have the Spirit and uh, the Invincibles we've both talked through. On, how about the Superchargers? We haven't mentioned them yet. Neither of us have them making the playoffs. So why are they missing out?
0: Well, I I did mention them in terms of my batter to watch, of course. Uh, Intriguing team, I think I called them. and They remain that because I think they'll win plenty of games but not enough to get into the Eliminators. So I'm having them a sort of a mid-table pitch because I just think they they perhaps have a little lacking in squad depth. They haven't got any of the England stars, as, as we know, and they're a little older. Um, and I think, you know, on their day, they might just lack a little ta- star talent, given some of the better teams. Does that make sense?
1: It is. I had them coming in fourth too. Yeah, Yeah. there's a lot of experience there, but I just wonder when it comes to those pivotal moments whether they quite have the star power, as you say. But uh, I think they'll be competitive.
0: Yeah. So we're sort of saying, if we're clumping them together, maybe, because, you know, you don't want to get too firm on these predictions, given in T20, anyone can win on any given day. We're saying Invincibles, Originals, Phoenix, maybe up towards the top, then maybe sort of Superchargers, Brave, towards the middle, and Rockets maybe towards the middle as well. And then maybe the yeah, fire of the yeah. spirit popping it up again. Does that sound about right?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's just recency bias, though, isn't it? We're just looking at the table from last year. It could it be is completely you. different. <laughs> yeah. it, is it is for
0: you. I said the spirit would be doing better this year, but there you go. Okay, Rich. Well, um, actually,
1: that's not, that's not true. I mean, We've got the Originals and Invincibles, neither of whom made the Eliminator last year. So it is going to be a bit different. But as you say, it's a short season. It's what, yeah. eight games. Teams are evenly matched. Absolutely, anybody can win it, which is why it's going to be intriguing to watch.
0: Yeah. And frankly, we want to know what uh, the viewers and listeners think as well. So, if you think that that uh, sort of lineup or where we think people are going to pitch is wrong, put your thoughts down below because um, we are de- definitely interested in hearing what you think uh, and the best batter, best bowler as well.
1: A couple of interesting stats from last year's tournament, Tom. Yeah. The average first inning score was 145. Okay. But actually, but actually, most of the time, the chasing teams won. I think nineteen out of thirty games. So actually, the average winning first inning score was closer to one hundred and sixty. Okay. Uh, Lowest score was eighty-seven. That was the year uh, the Phoenix against the Originals, and the uh, the highest was that uh, two hundred. Two hundred supercharged, yeah. yeah. But the highest individual score ninety-two. I think both Liam Livingston and Jimmy Rodriguez got that. Uh, but no one got hundred. So is this yeah. the year that we see the inaugural hundred in the hundred?
0: Well, I think we, we might we might see another score of two hundred. I'd hope so. It's um you know people have got a hang of it now. I've given them a year to bed in, uh, and clearly you you ran the predictions on the likelihood of all these things happening. And I think you said it was about a one in three chance of a century, yeah, in any given year. That. So um you know if you want to check out the stats behind that, then Rich has done a previous video. Maybe I'll link that one down below, uh, and you can. Check and, if out. Are, and if people
1: are if people only coming to the hundred this second time round, Tom, hmm. just on the eve of the tour, perhaps just worth touching on the rules again. So, yeah, just run us yeah. through the playing regulations in case people have forgotten or, or aren't aware.
0: Well, ultimately, it's cricket, right? You hit ball, see ball, and all of that. But the main differences, I suppose, are sets of five rather than overs of six. And a bowler can run consecutively two sets of five into a set of ten. Which uh, means there's a tactical element there as to whether if you've got a bowler bowling particularly well, they can run that on to 10. Uh, some of the other uh, interesting changes are, you know, if you're out, then you uh, you don't switch ends um, from court, something like that. Um, and beyond that, um, the power play, I think, is the first uh, 25. Right here, 25 balls, um, which right. means uh, slightly shorter as a proportion of the game overall than a T20 game. Anything Absolutely. major I've missed there, Rich?
1: No, I think that's the key one there. Of course, the idea of the uh, the 10-ball sets is to speed the game up. One thing I really like in the 100 is if a team is slow in its overrate, mm. they're penalised by having to bring up an extra fielder for yeah. the last set, which uh, can be quite uh, damaging. Uh, so I think we've start,
0: yeah, we started to see that in some other formats of the game. So clearly something that, you know is going to address one of the bigger problems in the game, which is slow play. And you won't see it in this game in the 100 because they've got very strict TV windows. So the games have to be wrapped up in time. Uh, And the one last thing I will mention that they were really good at last year is clearly we're in sunny Britain. As I look out, a grey drizzle outside. They were really (laughs) good at playing uh, through rain, light rain uh, and drizzle last year and got a lot of cricket on the pitch considering the conditions. Lovely. Rich... On that note, I think I feel 100% prepared to sit down this evening and enjoy some cricket. you ready?
1: I'm ready. Let's go.
0: Let's do it. Okay, if you enjoyed that, let us know down below. Uh, and we hope to hearing your views on the tournament this year.